Radio. Iniquity and godlessness of Nimrod reached their climax in the building of the Tower of Babel. His counselors had proposed the plan of erecting such a tower. Nimrod agreed to it, and it was executed in Shinar by a mob of 600,000 men. Welcome, friends. I'm your host, Zen Garcia. This is Secrets Revealed on Truth Frequency Radio. We Greatly appreciate all of you taking the time to join us this evening. I'm joined by my co-host, Rob Skiba, and we will be continuing our Genesis Revisited series. Rob, are you there, brother? I am here, Zen. How are you? Doing good, man. How about yourself? Uh, I know you put out a lot of material for the Take on the World Conference, and you were also part of the panel there to... um, I guess to end uh, the whole, you know, shebang. So, how was it? <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, that was a lot of work. <laughs> I'm kind of glad. You know, yeah. I, I, I enjoy it, but I'm glad it's over. You know, uh, right. Taking exactly, over. Yeah. Although now my challenge is, my challenge for take on the world was to condense a decade's worth of research into ten hours. And now my challenge for your conference is taking 10 hours and condensing it into two. (laughs) So so, uh, still busy working on stuff, but Mm -hmm. looking around, man, I just, man, it's almost like I just got to keep blinders on because the world's gone psycho. I mean, it's just. It it really has. It really has. I mean, the insanity of everything, uh, it's just, it's crazy. And things definitely seem to be accelerating with regard to the whole New World Order agenda. Yeah, I mean, the more I look at this, it's like, you know, I think we're damned if Trump stays in and we're damned if he's replaced. Like, we're screwed Mm. either way. Because I can't see either side uh, agreeing with whatever the results are. And I can't see anybody just saying, oh, okay, you know. And the other thing well, I was thinking about today was with the um, – I was talking to a friend of mine that I, I, I was um, – I kind of helped his business get started. When when he was just getting started, he was making wedding videos, you know, out of his parents' basement, and he needed a guy to come in and just basically run errands for him and, you know, pay somebody to do that kind of stuff. And so I did that at first, and then, I you know, I told him, hey, listen, I know how to shoot video, and I can edit too. So, you know, over time, you know, we learned nonlinear editing together, and – his name is Mike uh, Mike and another guy named Mike and myself three guys working out of a basement basically took that business from doing wedding videos to having a, a multi-million dollar business you know over nice. a course of a 
you know, quite a number of years, but, you know, I mean, we were doing, we had like a million dollars worth of equipment and we're touring the country and 18 wheelers, you know, full of equipment doing big corporate events and stuff. And I hadn't spoken with him in a while since, you know, he's still in Massachusetts and I moved down here in 2003. And we connect every now and then, but I hadn't talked to him in a long time and called him up today just to kind of see how he was doing and stuff. And, of course, you know, his business is events. And mm-hmm. they're, they're, he's like, oh, in Massachusetts, wow. you can't you can't have more than 10 people or they'll practically mm-hmm. send in the National Guard to you know, break you up. So he's like, right. yeah, needless to say, things aren't going good. You know, we're, we're being pretty slammed here. And he's, he said, I had to lay a bunch of people off because we're just not making the revenue. He said, but besides that, with the with the COVID regulations, we had to basically, you know, we had a nine to five day. We had to stop work at four o'clock and like Lysol everything, you know, all our desks and anything we touched, the bathrooms, like everything. He says, you know, the thought occurred to me, the amount of chemicals that we are exposing ourselves to doing that yeah you know and our skin is right. the largest organ so the the hyper sanitization that we're all engaged in right now with you know hand sanitizers and you know all this so we're wearing masks we're breathing lysol all day so it's like we are destroying what's what was you know barely left of our immune system to begin with he says i'm really concerned about what's going to happen you know in a couple months here when we hit the normal cold and flu season now with no immune system you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, dude, I, I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, that's, and, and of course, you know, you know, they're going to leverage that, you know. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, you know, did you see the the report of Trump tweeting about the, the numbers and how that had all been yeah. hyped up? 94% and, or whatever. 6%, yeah. Yeah. Um but then now they're trying to cover all that up and attacking him for, um, you know, releasing that. And it's just, it's crazy. Um, cause everybody knew that anyways, that's exactly what all yeah, the we've doctors, been saying it all along. Yeah. And you know, people have been attacking them and, uh, then they're getting reviewed by medical boards and their licenses are, um, up to be revoked from them. I mean, it's just, it's crazy the kind of crackdown that is happening on people that are actually releasing the truth. But everybody, you know, anybody that has any kind of common sense uh, can see through the facade. Well, that's what's scaring me, though. I'm not seeing uh, people, well, common sense is not so common uh, these days anyway. But, you know, like I see people passing memes around and stuff on Facebook and they're like, you know, this is this is America's this is Trump's America, and it's showing you know people on respirators and riots in the street, and it's like are you, you're actually blaming that on Trump? Like, you don't even have to be a Trump supporter to know that's bat crap crazy. Like, that's just insane. Right, right. Like, I mean, we're talking about Democrat-run states and cities that are destroying themselves yes. and refusing federal right. aid. Calling for the defunding of police, and you know, it's it's Trump hating Democrats that are burning down cities, looting, you know, raping, killing, you know, everything else. And you're gonna say it's Trump's fault? Like, right. again, you don't have to be a Trump supporter to know that's insane. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've got a a bit of an education this week and learning. I kept hearing the, you know the phrase gaslighting, and I didn't know what really you know what, what does that mean, right? And finally, somebody posted something the other day about the history of gaslighting. Essentially, apparently there was some, 
I guess it was a play or something that was uh, by that title. And it was like um, a husband that was trying to get his wife committed or whatever. And so he would turn the, the gas, the, the light, you know, the gas light. I guess this is before electricity or whatever, but he turned the lights down, you know, the gas in the lights. And, you know, she kept saying, you know, it's getting dark. And he was like, what are you talking about? It's just as bright as it always was, you know, and making oh her, my God. making her think she's crazy. And he just kept doing more uh-huh. and more things. He was doing it and she was responding to it saying, well, this isn't right. This isn't right. He's like, no, what are you talking about? This is the way, you know, and so that's gaslighting. Like, like he's oh, causing wow. the problem. She's observing what it is, but she's crazy, you know, when he's uh-huh, in, right. I'm like, that's exactly what the Democrats are doing like, right mm-hmm. now. And, yeah, not that I think the Republicans are saints. I tell people all the time, just because I'm bashing Democrats right now, don't take that as an endorsement for Republicans. Because uh, mm-hmm, I think there's, right. you know, two wings, of the same bird of prey and all that kind of stuff. But Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's just... Yeah, that's the way I feel about it, too. Have you seen um, Childhood's End? Yes, yes, I have. Well, actually, I've only seen a few episodes, but I know the premise of the the documentary or the sci-fi miniseries. Yeah, it was a sci-fi and, uh, Yeah, and that I, that's actually what I did. My take on the world speech was about that whole, the coming strong delusion and the overlords and how yeah. all that is yeah connected to biblical cosmology yeah yeah i saw your presentation it was really good um and, and good stuff on the uh court case uh, deal oh, as well thanks. uh yeah man i mean if people out there haven't seen it if you really want to see the narrative of the end times as told by the fallen angels right <laughs> that was it exactly like mm-hmm. wow yeah i do need to see the the full thing because i know that you know it's exactly what they are in my opinion, planning and uh, what is coming. And so, and then the whole thing of, you know, Satan coming out, holding hands with the two children, the kids. hoofed and horn and yeah. pointed tail. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I had I had heard about it when it came out. I think it was uh, 2016, 15, 16, something like this when it came out. I heard about it. People were like, dude, have you seen it? I'm like, no, I mean, I had too many other things going on at the time. But mm-hmm. I, I saw something caught my attention. It was like a trailer or a teaser or something from it. And I'm like, you know, I remember people talking about this. I have some time, so I'm going to check it out as I was decompressing from <laughs> Take on the World. And I watched it. And at the it was three episodes. They were like an hour and a half each on Amazon. And uh, at, at the end of episode one, I I actually started choking up like a little bit, like, like tearing up a little bit going wow father I think that's exactly what's going to happen and mm-hmm. you know and I was talking to uh, Rick Hummer just before I got on with you uh, that again this is why I believe biblical cosmology flat earth whatever you want to call it why it came out when it did because right. if you I mean so how many movies have had the same premise in TV shows where mankind is destroying themselves and this earth uh, so we need an outside source to fix everything. And yes. like if ever we were at that point, it's now like everywhere. It's just gone completely crazy. You think, well, I, I'm going to get out of the United right. States. Where are you going to go? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's any better. You yeah. Know? Cause it's everywhere. It's worldwide. The insanity is everywhere. Well, so you just got to keep praying, man. And yeah, definitely get on the right page. Well, at least we're, you know, helping people to wake up to the not only the revelation 
of biblical cosmology, but also the importance of it uh, with regard to the coming strong delusion and the reign of the Antichrist and uh, all of those things. And so, yeah, very important, even though, you know, a lot of people believe it to be lunatic fringe and uh, not worthy of even investigation. And so, yeah, that was why I addressed all those things and yeah, well, in that presentation. So, if, if ever there was a time when "quote unquote" truthers are being vindicated, <laughs> it's kind of like, mm, right? We're all kind of like, "Yeah, told you so." <laughs> if, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. But so, uh, yeah, I don't know where you want to go um, tonight. I, I, I well, last week on my show, I was suggesting maybe we looked at uh, the Joshua and Jubilee's account, but we never got that far because we just started talking after the after you read the Targums. Um, so right. I, don't know, I don't know where you want to go tonight. Um, I've got Joshua and Jubilee's queued up if you wanted to go there, or we could do whatever, yeah. whatever yeah, else. Yeah, let's do that. Because uh, I think Jasher is such a an excellent account and covers in great detail a lot of things that are you know, spoken about by the other extra-biblical manuscripts that are not covered in the King James. And so, yeah, let's let's start with that. Okay. Um, and whatever you want to read, then I'll follow up with some other material. Okay. Um, let me, for those who are watching on YouTube, uh, if you're listening on the radio, we're reading from Joshua, and I got Joshua chapter 7 queued up. I'm not going to read all the so-and-so. We got so-and-so because we already did that both in the mm-hmm, King right. James and the Targum. So let me skip through that to uh, the Peleg stuff because there's something in here. I don't remember if it was here in Jubilees. I think it was in Jubilees. But, uh, oh, okay, here's a Joshua account of the garments, so I can pick up on that right here. Okay, uh, I'll pick up on chapter 7, verse 23. Uh, right. and, and Cush, the son of Ham, the son of Noah, took a wife in those days in his old age, and she bare a son, and they called his name Nimrod, saying, At that time the sons of men began, uh, again began to rebel and transgress against God. And the child grew up, and his father loved him exceedingly, for he was the son of his old age. And the garments of skin which God made for Adam and his wife when they went out of the garden were given to Cush. For after the death of Adam and his wife, the garments were given to Enoch, the son of Jared. And when Enoch was taken up to God, he gave them to Methuselah, his son. And at the death of Methuselah, Noah took them and brought them to the ark, and they were with him until he went out of the ark. And in their going out, Ham stole those garments from Noah, his father, and he took them and hid them from his brothers. And when Ham begat his firstborn, Cush, he gave him the garments in secret, and they were with Cush many days. So again, that that's interesting. Um, that uh, Cush being the firstborn, there mm-hmm. for the longest time I thought that Canaan was the firstborn, but as we've seen in other texts, that uh, he was the youngest of four. So being uh, Cush, Mitzrayim, Put, and Canaan. Cush being mm-hmm. the oldest here. Uh, and Cush, he gave them his garments in secret, and they were with Cush many days. And Cush also concealed them from his sons and brothers. And when Cush had begotten Nimrod, he gave them those garments through his love for him. And Nimrod grew up. And when he was 20 years old, he put on the garments. And Nimrod became strong when he put on the garments. And God gave him might and strength, and he was a mighty hunter in the earth. Yea, he was a mighty hunter in the field. And he hunted the animals, and he built altars. And he offered upon them the animals before the Lord. And Nimrod strengthened himself, and he rose up from among his brethren, and he fought the battles of his brethren against all the enemies round about. I think I read this already 
This sounds familiar. Because uh, we got to the point where everybody was with him, 600,000 men and Shinar. Pretty sure I read this already. Uh, and the wars between the, the yeah, brothers. The or brothers and stuff. Yeah. And then they gathered and dwelt in Shinar. Verse 45, all the nations of tongues heard of his fame. Uh, he was king over the whole earth. The earth was one tongue. Yes. And Mardon, we, I did read this, because Mardon, his son, was more wicked than his father. Right, right. And Tehor's... Yeah, so are we up to um, Abraham then? So, yeah, I, I we didn't do... I, did, I must have read this. It wasn't last week. I must have read it on your show the week before that uh, when we were covering the table, mm-hmm. table of Nations, probably. Right. So... Uh, let me hold off on Joshua then, because um, Genesis 12 gets into more of Abraham, and that's where Joshua gets into Abraham and Terah in Joshua mm-hmm. 8. So let me go over to Jubilees, because there was something in Jubilees that caught my attention. We did read about um, him finding the writings of the Watchers in right in Jubilees 8, and I think that's where we ended that. So he, he sinned, and, and uh, he hid it from Noah. So I'll pick up at verse 5 then. And in the thir- 30th Jubilee, in the second week, in the first year thereof, he took to himself a wife, and her name was Milcah, the daughter of Madai, the son of Japheth. And in the fourth year, he begat a son and called his name Shelah, for he said, Truly I have been sent. And in the fourth year he was born, and Shelah grew up and took to himself a wife, and her name was Muak the daughter of Kassad, his father's brother, in the one and thirtieth jubilee, in the fifth week, in the first year thereof. And she bare him a son in the fifth year thereof, and he called his name Eber. And he took unto himself a wife, and her name was Azurad, the daughter of Nebrod. Well, that's interesting. I wonder if that's Nimrod, because that's the spelling that the Septuagint uses for Nimrod, Nebrod. So Eber... Huh. What? So... Are you aware of any other text that talks about that? Uh, Eber, he's the he's the guy from which we get the word Hebrew. So he's the ancestor right. of Abraham. And and Eber took a wife, and her name was Azerod, the daughter of Nebrod. Hmm. Mm. Are, are you aware of that? Are you aware of... Mm-mm. No, but um, now that you pointed it out, I will look for that particular name in some of these other texts, you know, maybe let you know next, next show. Okay. Um, and the sixth year thereof, okay, in the 32nd Jubilee, in the seventh week, in the third year thereof, and in the sixth year thereof, she bare him son, and he called his name Peleg, for in the days when he was born, the children of Noah began to divide the earth amongst themselves. For this reason, he called his name Peleg. And they divided it secretly amongst themselves and told it to Noah. And it came to pass in the beginning of the 33rd Jubilee that they divided the earth into three parts for Shem and Ham and Japheth according to the inheritance of each. In the first year, in the first week, when one of us who had been sent was with them. One of us who has been sent. That must be, if, I wonder if that's an angel talking here because Jubilees is written as right, an by angel the angels, talking. yeah. In the first year, in the first week, when one of us who had been sent was with them. Hmm. And he called the, his sons, and they drew nigh to him, they and their children, and they divided the earth into lots, which his three sons were to take in possession. And they reached forth 
their hands and took the writing out of the bosom of Noah their father. Father, and they came forth, and there came forth on the writing as Shem's lot the middle of the earth, which he should take as an inheritance for himself and for his sons for the generations of eternity, from the middle of the mountain range of Rapha. Are you familiar with that, Rapha? In the mouth of the water from the river Tina, and his portion goes towards the west through the midst of this river. And it extends till it reaches the water of the abysses, out of which this river goes forth and pours its waters into the sea Miat. And this river flows into the great sea. And all that is towards the north is Japheth, and all that is towards the south belongs to Shem. And it extends till it reaches Caruso, Caruso, Caruso. This is in the bosom of the tongue, which looks towards the south. And his portion extends along the great sea, and it extends in a straight line till it reaches the west of the tongue, which looks towards the south. For this sea is named the tongue of the Egyptian sea. Presumably, maybe the Nile. And it turns from here towards the south, towards the mouth of the great sea on the shore of its waters, and it extends to the west of Afra, assuming that's Africa, and it extends till it reaches the waters of the river Gihon, and to the south of the waters of Gihon to the banks of this river, and it extends towards the east till it reaches the Garden of Eden, to the south thereof, to the south and from the east of the whole land of Eden, and of the whole east it turns to the east and proceeds till it reaches the east of the mountain named Rapha, and it descends to the bank of the mouth of the river Tina. This portion came forth by lot for Shem and his sons, and they should possess it forever unto his generations forevermore. And Noah rejoiced that this portion came forth for Shem and his sons, and he remembered all that he had spoken with his mouth in prophecy, for he had said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and may the Lord dwell in, in the dwelling of Shem. And he knew that the Garden of Eden is the Holy of Holies in the dwelling of the Lord, and Mount Sinai, the center of the desert, and Mount Zion, the center of the navel of the earth. These three were created as holy places facing each other. And he blessed the God of gods, who had put the word of the Lord into his mouth, and the Lord forevermore. And he knew that a blessed portion and a blessing had come to Shem and his sons unto the generations forever, the whole land of Eden, and the whole land of the Red Sea, and the whole land of the East and India, and on the Red Sea, and the mountains thereof, and all the land of Bashan, and all the land of Lebanon, and the islands of Kaftor, and all the mountains of Sinar, and Amana, and the mountains of Asher in the north, and all the land of Elam, Asher, and Babel, and Susan, and Maedai, and all the mountains of Ararat, and all the region beyond the sea, which is beyond the mountains of Asher, towards the north, a blessed and spacious land, and all that is in it is very good. And for Ham came forth the second portion, beyond the Gihon, towards the south, to the right of the garden, and it extends towards the south, as it extends to all the mountains of fire, and it extends towards the west, to the sea of Atel, and it extends towards the west, till it reaches the sea of Mayukthat, Mayukthat, something like that, sea, into which everything which is not destroyed descends. And it goes forth towards the north to the limits of Gator, 
and it goes forth to the coast of the waters of the sea, to the waters of the great sea, till it draws near to the river Gihon, and it goes along the river Gihon till it reaches the right of the Garden of Eden. And this is the land which came forth for Ham as the portion which he was to occupy forever for himself and his sons unto their generations forever. And for Japheth came forth the third portion beyond the river Tina to the north of the overflow of its waters, and it extends north easterly to the whole region of Gog and to the country east thereof. And it extends northerly to the north, and it extends to the mountains of Quelt towards the north and towards the sea of Maok, and it goes forth to the east of Gator as far as the region of the waters of the sea, and it extends until it approaches the west of Pharah, and it returns towards the Epharag, and it extends easterly to the waters of the sea of Miat, and it extends to the region of this river Tina in a northeasterly direction until it approaches the boundary of its waters towards the mountain Rapha, and it turns around towards the north, that is the land which came forth for Japheth and his sons as the portion of his inheritance, which he should possess for himself and his sons for their generations forever, five great islands and a great land in the north. But it is cold, and the land of Ham is hot, and the land of Shem is neither hot nor cold, but it is of blended cold and heat. Wow. Um, I'm not familiar with really hardly any of those names in modern times, right. so it would be an interesting <laughs> study to go back and see, you know, what those places are today. Mm-hmm. But I did find it interesting because I had speculated for a, a long time uh, now that I believe that the the land of Shem or the land of Israel specifically uh, was the Garden of Eden, that, that the promised land given, the, the boundaries given to Abraham that his offspring would uh, inherit mm-hmm. was in fact the, the terrestrial garden area of Eden. Um... And this certainly seems to confirm that, although the directions that are given seem off, like north, south, east, west seems a little bit wonky as I was reading through this. It's something I'd have to draw out to really wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to look at those old names again. But it is interesting that all this is preserved, you know, in these ancient manuscripts for people to do the exact thing. All right, we'll be right back, everyone. Discover the extraordinary powers of intuitive healing with pain transmutation, a method of holistic healing for the human soul, body, mind, and emotions. If you are looking for answers and a deep understanding of how to help yourself and the people around you to live a happier, healthier life, this is the right place for you. Learn how to read your soul's history in the Akashic Records. Remove negative energy attachments from your astral body and start the process of inner and outer pain transmutation. Join Pain Transmutation Community to get started on the path of intuitive healing. Change your energetic state. Manifest new and exciting experiences. Re-energize your life. 
and build inspiring connections with others in our community. Hey folks, guess what the number one phrase that Life Change Tea receives by email? You ready? We love this tea. We love this tea. Time after time, week after week, we love this tea. Life Change Tea gives you more energy, a beautiful cleansing, and fulfills its slogan perfectly, the tea that makes you go. So if you want to be on your health game, log on to getthetea.com and order Life Change Super Strength Tea. Packages come in a one-month supply, and when you brew this stuff, wait until you see the results. Aren't we all about the results? And with a lot of people's health struggling, we can use a little bit of help. Doctors will tell you, disease starts in the gut. So log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Be our next email saying, I love this tea. I mean, I love this tea. Get the tea at getthetea.com. Helping America one tea bag at a time. Greetings, Earth Explorers. My name is Brooks Agnew, and I am your host on X Squared Radio every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. This is where the past meets the future. We explore the mysteries of the universe and of the Earth. We might go a little past your imagination, but have no fear. You will be safely traveling with us. We will dissolve the propaganda of dangerous people with dangerous plans for the planet. We will discuss the latest technologies and challenges for humankind. We will discover the safest place for you to stand when the thinkings and doings of mankind come flying apart and how you can be one of the people that helps put it back together. Join us. Real people, real radio. Wherever you are, make it TFR. Truth Frequency Radio. And in those days, there were giants in the land. And the sons of the angels of God looked upon the daughters of men and found them fair. And took of their wives, and their sons became of old great men of renown. So they have been mixing with us on a genetic level since the time of Enoch and Ezekiel's will. They were large, were retreat by the sun, moon, and stars. And imagine there's got to be planets like ours. So conceive of a face on the surface of Mars. So in need of a meaning and purpose, we thought. And indeed, they believed that they might be our gods. Or that maybe with time, we'll do right and evolve. And eventually reach what they seek. And then solve all the problems of man. But they really don't know that they are. And the works of our hands are but just filthy rags. So we travel the lands to dig up our past. Time our lapses and winded our much of the facts of our land in the gods. All right, welcome back, everybody, for a second portion. Um, I can follow up to what you were reading from the Legends of the Jews that kind of goes into similar account. Okay. Um, and then we can move on yeah. on <clears throat> yeah. something after that. Yeah, I was skimming ahead um, during the break. So, yeah, if you read that, then I could come back. There's more division of land in Chapter 9, and then 10 of Jubilees gets really interesting with the Mastima coming to them and the, you know, what happens to the demons, you know, that are assaulting them. Yeah, excellent. That's actually um, 
some I think that is also spoken about in this account as cool. well, so that'll be perfect. Okay. All right. From the Legends of the Jews. When it became known to Ham that his father had cursed him, he fled ashamed and with his family he settled in the city built by him and named Nilat Tamak for his wife. Jealous of his brother Japheth followed his example. He likewise built a city which he named for his wife, Adadentinus. Shem was the only one of the sons of Noah who did not abandon him. In the vicinity of his father's home by the mountain, he built his city, to which he also gave his wife's name, Zedekatelabob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this could be a fun good. episode for us. <laughs> <laughs> the three cities are all near Mount Lubar, the eminence upon which the ark rested. The first lies to the south of it, the second to the west, and the third to the east. Noah endeavored to inculcate the ordinances and the commands known to him upon his children and his children's children. In particular, he admonished them against the fornication, the uncleanness, and the and all the iniquity which had brought the flood down upon the earth. He reproached them with living apart from one another and with their jealousies, for he feared that after his death they might go so far as to shed human blood. Against this he warned them impressively that they be not annihilated from the earth like those that went before. Another law which he enjoined upon them to observe it was the law of ordaining that the fruit of the tree shall not be used the first three years it bears, and even in the fourth year it shall be the portion of the priests alone, after a part thereof has been offered upon the altar of God. And having made an end of giving his teachings and injunctions, Noah said, For thus did Enoch your ancestor exhort his son Methuselah, and Methuselah his son Lamech, and Lamech delivered all unto me, as his father had bidden him. And now I do exhort you, my children, as Enoch exhorted his son, when he lived in his generation, which was the seventh generation of man, he commanded it and testified it unto his children and his children's children until the day of his death or taken up. In the year 1569, after the creation of the world, Noah divided the earth by lot among his three sons. In the presence of an angel, each one stretched forth mm. his hand and took a slip from the bosom of Noah. Shem's slip was inscribed with the middle of the earth. And this portion became the inheritance of his descendants unto all eternity. Noah rejoiced that the lot had assigned it to Shem. Thus was fulfilled his blessing upon him, and God in the habitation of Shem. For three holy places fell within his precincts, the Holy of Holies in the temple, Mount Sinai, the middle point of the desert, and Mount Zion, the middle point of the navel of the earth. The south fell to the lot of Ham, and the north became the inheritance of Japheth. The land of Ham is hot, Japheth's cold, but Shem is neither hot nor cold. Its temperature is hot and cold mixed. The division of the earth took place towards the end of the life of Peleg, the name given to him by his father, Eber, who being a prophet knew that the division 
of the earth would take place in the time of his son. The brother of Peleg was called Yoktan because the duration of the life of the man was shortened in his time. In turn, the three sons of Noah, while they were still standing in the presence of their father, divided each his portion among his children, Noah threatening with his curse any who should stretch out his hand to take a portion not assigned to him by lot. And they all cried, so be it, so be it. And thus were divided 104 lands and 99 islands among 72 nations, each with a language of its own, using 16 different sets of characters for writing. To Yepheth were allotted 44 lands, 33 islands, 22 languages, and five kinds of writing. Ham received 34 lands, 33 islands, 24 languages, and five kinds of writing. And Shem, 26 lands, 33 islands, 26 languages, and six kinds of writing. One set of written characters, more to Shem than to either of his brothers, the extra set being the Hebrew. The land appointed as the inheritance of the 12 sons of Jacob was provisionally granted to Canaan, Zidon, Heth, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvidites, the Zamarites, and the Hanathites. It was the duty of these nations to take care of the land until the rightful owners should come. No sooner had the children of Noah and their children's children taken possession of the habitations apportioned to them, than the unclean spirits began to seduce men and torment them with pain and all sorts of suffering, leading to spiritual and physical death. Upon the entreaties of Noah, God sent down the angel Raphael, who banished nine-tenths of the unclean spirits from the earth, leaving but one-tenth for Mastema, to punish sinners through them. Raphael, supported by the chief of the unclean spirits, at that time revealed to Noah all the remedies residing in plants that he might resort to them at need. Noah recorded them in a book which he transmitted to his son Shem. This is the source to which go back all the medical books whence the wise men of India, Aram, Macedonia, and Egypt draw their knowledge. The sages of India devoted themselves particularly to the study of curative trees and spices. The Armenians were well-versed in the knowledge of the properties of grains and seeds, and they translated the old medical books into their language. The wise men of Macedonia were the first to apply medical knowledge practically, while the Egyptians sought to effect cures by means of magical arts and by means of astrology. And they taught the Midrash of the Chaldees, composed by Kangar, the son of Ur, the son of Kassed. Medical skills spread further and further until the time of Ascapolis. This Macedonian sage, accompanied by 40 learned magicians, journeyed from country to country until they came to the land beyond India in the direction 
of paradise. They hoped there to find some wood of the tree of life and thus spread their fame abroad over the whole world. Their hope was frustrated when they arrived at the spot they found healing trees and wood of the tree of life, but when they were in the act of stretching forth their hands to gather what they desired, lightning darted out of the ever-turning sword, smote them to the ground, and they were all burnt. Mm. With them disappeared all knowledge of medicine, and it did not revive until the time of the first Artaxerxes under the Macedonian sage Hippocrates, Dioscordius of Bela, Galen of Kaftor, and the Hebrew Asaph. Wow. And that, yeah, that's where it stops. Well, uh, that was Legend of the Jews? Yes. Uh, wow. Uh, I was trying to write it down quickly. I didn't get it down quick enough. Can you go back to the part where it said uh, how many lands, languages, and writings each one had? Japheth, Shem, and Ham? Yeah, sure. Okay. So there's 72 um, nations. So, so that's interesting. 72 nations, 16 different characters. Um, mm-hmm. This must be you know, obviously written in retrospect looking back because the land hadn't yet been divided until the Tower of Babel as far as right. language, languages go. Mm-hmm. Uh, thus were divided 104 lands and 99 islands among 72 nations, each with a language of its own, using 16 different sets of characters for writing. To Yafeth were allotted 44 lands, 33 islands, 22 languages, and five kinds of writing. Ham received 34 lands, 33 islands, 24 languages, and five kinds of writing. And Shem, 26 lands, 33 islands, 26 languages, and six kinds of writing. One set of written characters more to Shem than to either of his brothers, the extra set being the Hebrew. I can send this chapter to you, too. Yeah. Or that paragraph. That's, that's fascinating. Hmm. A lot of stuff there, because you mentioned Asclepius, and, um, you, you know, it's weird, because, you know, you, you think, okay, you have Greek mythology and stuff, but and I've said this many times, I'm like, look, we have the Table of Nations in Genesis uh, chapter 10 and from Genesis 9 we see the whole earth was populated from them so every people group has to go back to these people that are described right there who beget, right. who beget who and I have frequently made note of the fact that the Kaftarim uh, settled the island of Crete and Crete is where all of Greek mythology originates from so I've been saying all that for a long time but I didn't like and I've even said, so if we want to know where Greek mythology comes from, you know, it goes back to, obviously it's going back to Kaftor. But then I didn't think to narrow it down to actual personalities from Greek fame, like Asclepius, for instance. And at one point you mentioned Asclepius there uh, about mm-hmm, healing. That, at the very end. Yeah, and w- w- which group was it? Was it Ham's group that went into... Uh, instead of herbs and stuff, going to magical incantations and stuff, or what? it was like yeah, I think it was Ham's group. Let me look again here. Uh, 
It was the Egyptians. Yeah. So yeah, it was hams. Yeah, because they got into, uh, you know, the magic arts and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, because I always wondered, like, yeah, they, uh, the Chinese trace their and astrology. Okay, the Chinese yeah. trace their origin back to Fo He Yu, uh, and even in their understanding, that's Noah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've often wondered, you know, why is it that the, the, you know, we talk about like Chinese herbs, you know, for uh-huh. when you're looking for alternative medicine, you, right, you know, typically right. you end up with Chinese herbs. And I've always wondered, like, why is it that the Chinese had like the corner on this, you know, on the herbs until you uh-huh. realize that, you know, well, Noah was, was, you know, was the founder, apparently. Yes. Uh, would have carried all that wisdom with him. And you know, then it was passed passed along. But you can see how the other guys started going off the beaten path, right? Yeah, um, even the um, you know, I, I've seen this presentation on the Chinese language, and all the symbols date back to and are connected to, like the flood, uh, even the you know the symbol for the tower in the separation of the languages. All of that is preserved in their presentation of the what the symbols mean mm-hmm. and their language. It's a uh, very interesting because it shows that without a doubt, it you know is connected to Noah and what was the um, you know the spreading out of the peoples from all of the the children and the sons of Noah, mm-hmm. the table of generations. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there's a lot in that passage. You just—I I was trying to take notes as fast as I can and monitoring the chat room at the I'll same time. So right I was now. like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> p- yeah, please do because I was multitasking so much I was only picking up a little bit here and there. But um, uh, you were also talking about in that it said that the in the year 1569 from creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's different from. Like I have the Adams Wall chart of world history. I'm looking at it right now. They have the deluge happening in 1656 a.m. 1656. So that said 1569s. So that one of these is wrong. Because uh, the conversation that what you just read is taking place at the time of the Tower of Babel, which is at about 1700. So somebody's chronology is off. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you're the expert on all that. Yeah. I, I just I'm read just, the text. I'm, <laughs> I'm just a pert. I haven't graduated to expert yet, so <laughs> I'm still a pert. Um, wow. Okay. So uh, how much time we got? We got ten minutes. Um, I can go to chapter nine of Jubilees if you want. Yeah, sounds good. All right, let me switch over here. Okay, Jubilees chapter 9. And Ham divided amongst his sons, and the first portion came forth for Cush toward the east and the west of him for Mitzram, and the west of him for Put, and the west of him, and to the west thereof on the sea for Canaan. Oh, that's interesting. So if you think of North Africa... Uh, you know, Cush being more towards the east, Mitzrayim being Egypt, and then Put is Libya. And mm-hmm. Canaan is going all the way over to, you know, like this, um, Morocco, it sounds like, you know, uh, towards the sea there. 
And then, but, but mm-hmm. Canaan certainly made his way across the sea over to the land that became known as Canaan, which we call Israel now. Interesting. Right. And Shem also divided amongst his sons, and the first portion came forth. This is interesting. For It says, Shem divided amongst his sons, and the first portion came forth for Ham and his sons. I'm wondering if that's a typo or... Because Ham's not of the line of Shem. That's interesting. To, to the east of the river Tigris, till it approaches the east, the whole land of India. That's interesting. And on the Red Sea, on its coast, in the waters of Dedan, and all the mountains of Mebri and Ella, and all the land of Susan, and all that is on the side of Farnark, Farnak, to the Red Sea and the river Tina. I'm really wanting to know what the river Tina is. And mm-hmm. for Asher came forth, and, and the the mountain that was mentioned earlier too, uh, that was sort of the center point. Uh, what was the name of it? Lubar. Lubar, was that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sinar, Zion, Eden. Yeah, I, I would really love to know what what the, what the current <laughs> names are. Uh, and for Asher came forth the second portion all the land of Asher and Nineveh and Shinar and to the border of India and it ascends and skirts the river and for Arphaxad came forth the third portion all the land of the region of the Chaldees to the east of the Euphrates bordering on the Red Sea and all the waters of the desert close to the tongue of the sea which looks towards Egypt and all the land of Lebanon and Sainer and Amana to the border of the Euphrates and for Aram came forth the fourth portion all the land of Mesopotamia between the Tigris and the Euphrates to the north of the Chaldees to the border of the mountains of Asher and the land of Arara and there came forth for Lud the fifth portion the mountains of Asher and all the appertaining and, and all appertaining to them till it reaches the great sea and till it reaches the east of Asher his brother and Japheth also divided the land of his inheritance amongst his sons. And the first portion came forth for Gomer to the east and uh, from the north side to the river Tina. And in the north there came forth for Magog all the inner portions of the north until it reaches to the Sea of Miat. And for Madai came forth as his portion that he should possess all the west of his two brothers to the islands and to the coast of the islands. And for Javan came forth the fourth portion, every island, and the islands which are towards the border of Lud. And for Tubal there came forth the fifth portion, in the midst of the tongue, which approaches towards the border of the portion of Lud, to the second tongue, and to the region beyond the second tongue, unto the third tongue. And for Meshach came forth the sixth portion, all the region beyond the third tongue, till it approaches the east of Gator. And for Tiras, there came forth the seventh portion, four great islands in the midst of the sea, which reached to the portion of Ham, and the islands of Kamaturi came out by lot for the sons of Arphaxad as his inheritance. And thus the sons of Noah divided unto their sons the presence of in the presence of Noah, their father, and he bound them all by an oath, imprecating a curse on everyone that sought to seize the portion which had not fallen to him by his lot. 
And they all said, so be it, so be it, for themselves and their sons forever throughout their generations to the day of judgment, on which the Lord God shall judge them with a sword and with fire for all the unclean wickedness of their errors, wherewith they have filled the earth with transgression and uncleanness and fornication and sin. Well, we see um, the land that was given to Shem was certainly taken over by Canaan. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could be you know, part of the curse there. Yeah, definitely it is. Because <sighs> they all agreed. Yeah, they all said but yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll share something after you read the next chapter, uh, which is directly connected to that. It's in the Cabernet Okay, I know we got like four minutes before the break. The other thought that came to me is that how did they know all these lands existed? I mean, they just get off the ark, right? And I mean, they must have had some significant transportation, probably aerial. I would think you would almost have to have aerial, aerial transportation to observe all, all these lands for them to sit down and say, okay, this lay it out on a map and then mm-hmm. say, okay, you get here, you get these islands. I mean, if you think of where they landed in Turkey, right, uh... I mean, like, how did they know about all the lands as far west as the Straits of Gibraltar and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the regions of Spain and Europe and right. every place they just divided out here? Like, if we're to take this, if, unless the angel had something to do with it, because it says the angel was there with them when they decided to cast a lot. So maybe, you know, Noah got an aerial tour. Uh, possibly. We certainly know that Enoch did. And then, you know, even with the, the Piri Reese map, it shows Antarctica mm. uh, at a time when it was not covered by all of the, you know, the ice and the snow. And it, those maps were taken from other ancient maps. And so there could have been, you know, even like going back to the Atlantean times, um, that maybe there was exploration uh, of the earth in a greater capacity and also the you know as far as writing it all down and providing uh, maps and maybe in that way the people were familiar even before um, the you know f- the Noah and his family were preserved and then um, coming forth to divide everything that they were already knowledgeable of what was you know according to the land and the the nations and all of that um, speculation, yeah, but certainly those maps had to come from somewhere. Well, yeah, like I've always wondered, like how much of the topography would have remained even remotely familiar to them after the whole Earth being right. covered with a flood yeah, true that. for a year. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, and you know, there's many believe that the mountains and stuff. You know, many of the mountains rose up after the flood uh-huh. which which if what I was saying in the previous broadcast is true about Peleg and the earth dividing you know his name means violent separation by earthquake and water you know mm-hmm. um, to make a channel for water and his brother's name Joktan means to me made small from something bigger that right. uh-huh. uh, you know if if we believe in the idea of tectonic plates moving around and that the the uplift of the mountains, which is interesting, even when I was, uh, you know, believed in the globe deal. I mean, you just look at a globe, and look at where the mountains are. 
they're on the outside mm-hmm. for the most part. There's some some mountains on the inside, certainly too, but the majority, especially the big mountains, are on the outside of the count, uh, continents, like on the right, right. You know the the shoreline area or you know the borders, I should say. Um. So you know, it makes sense to me that things got shifted around and mountains started growing. So, like, how much would have between the sifting of whatever was happening under the water for a year? you know, with the currents and everything else that was taking place during the, the year that the Earth was covered with water to afterwards and then in the days of Peleg when there was massive uplifts. I mean, it had to be pretty tough to, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you know, you know, like, right, like, right, right, you know, yeah. Man. Yeah. Hold on, everyone. We'll be right back for a second hour. Truth Frequency Radio is your number one source for news and information without the hate, hype, and fear. We're proud to feature cutting-edge programs like Beyond the Veil with Chris and Cherie Geo. X-Squared with Brooks Agnew. Paranormal Portal with Brent Thomas. Jaronism Raw with Jaron and Missa. Fearless with Frank Castle. Strange World with Mark Sargent. The Eye of Ra with Ra Castaldo. The Infinite Fringe with Billy Ray. Ironworks with Josh Cole. The Cam Baker Show and dozens more. Did you know you can listen from any telephone by dialing 641-793-7117 or call into your favorite show toll-free at 833-TFR-LIVE. Uncensored talking news you won't hear on the mainstream media. Truth Frequency Radio, your protection from deception. Victory. I'm Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. President Trump with a campaign stop this evening in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, outside Pittsburgh, accusing opponent Joe Biden of flip-flopping on policy to gain support. He's trying to change now. You know, he's saying that's not working because we're going up and he's dropping like a rock in water. The president also doubled down on comments he made yesterday, saying people should sign their mail-in ballot and, as he put it, follow it by going to your polling place and making sure it's tabulated, but saying if it shows you've already voted, they will make sure it's not tabulated. Biden spent the time this afternoon in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where he met with the family of Jacob Blake, and he spoke with him. I had an opportunity to spend some time with Jacob on the phone. He's out of ICU. Biden said Blake talked about how nothing was going to defeat him and whether or not he walked again, he was not going to give up. Blake was shot seven times in the back during an encounter with police. The mayor of New York's third largest city taking action against officers after the death of a black man while in custody. Rochester Mayor Lovely Warren says against the advice of counsel, she is suspending seven officers involved in the March 23rd death of Daniel Prude. I understand that the union may sue the city for this. They shall feel free to do so. Warren says the police chief told her he died of an overdose. She didn't find out what really happened until August 4th. Prude's family had called police to their house where he was visiting. They said he was having a mental health episode. Officers pinned him to the ground after putting a hood over his head to keep him from spitting. His body went limp after being pinned for several minutes, though. He was taken off of life support seven days later. 
Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. Setbacks in Kanye West's presidential bid. A judge has barred him from appearing on the ballot in Arizona this November. He's also been removed from the ballot in Virginia. America is listening to Fox News. Your protection from, from, from deception. This is Truth Frequency Radio. Welcome back, everybody, for a second hour. Um, I looked up what you were talking about as far as the name Joktan, and it says uh, the meaning here is he will be small. And in that chapter that I just sent you, um, it said that the brother of Peleg was called Joktan because the duration of the life of man was shortened in his time. Yeah, I, and I remember so, reading that. Yeah, so uh, it could mean you know mean that he will be small, um, could be connected to, you know the because it was you know, after Noah that all the lifespans consistently began to dwindle. Uh, Shem what lived six hundred years, and then uh, all the like Peleg and them what four hundred, and then mm-hmm. it went to two hundred, and by the time of Abraham, uh, like one seventy five, two hundred around there. Yeah. But anyways, let me turn it back over to you. You were going to go into the next chapter. Oh, Jubilees. chapter 10, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Switch over. Jubilees, chapter 10. And in the third week of this jubilee, the unclean demons began to lead astray the children of the sons of, Me- of Noah and to make to err and destroy them. And the sons of Noah came to Noah, their father, and they told him concerning the demons which were leading astray and blinding and slaying his son's sons. And he prayed before the Lord his God and said, God of the spirits of all flesh who hast shown mercy unto me and hast saved me and my sons from the waters of the flood and hast not caused me to perish as thou didst the sons of perdition. For thy grace has been great towards me and great has been thy mercy to my soul. Let thy grace be lift up upon my sons, and let not wicked spirits rule over them, lest they should destroy them from the earth. But do thou bless me and my sons, that we may increase and multiply and replenish the earth. And thou knowest how thy watchers, the fathers of these spirits, acted in my day. And as for these spirits which are living, imprison them, and hold them fast in the place of condemnation, and let them not bring destruction on the sons of thy servant, my God. And these are malignant and created in order to destroy. And let them not rule over the spirits of the living, for thou alone canst exercise dominion over them. 
and let them not have power over the sons of the righteous from henceforth and forevermore. And the Lord our God bade us to bind all. And the chief of the spirits, Mastima, came and said, Lord, Creator, let some of them remain before me, and let them hearken to my voice, and do all that I shall say unto them. For if some of them are not left to me, I shall not be able to execute the power of my will on the sons of men. For these are the for corruption and leading astray before my judgment. For great is the wickedness of the sons of men. And he said, Let the tenth part of them remain before him, and let nine parts descend into the place of condemnation. And one of us, he commanded, that we should teach Noah all their medicines, for he knew that they would not walk in uprightness, nor strive in righteousness. And we did according to all his words. All the malignant evil ones we bound in the place of condemnation, and a tenth part of them we left that they might be subject before Satan on the earth. And we explained to Noah all the medicines of their diseases, together with their seductions, how he might heal them with herbs of the earth. And Noah wrote down all things in a book as we instructed him concerning every kind of medicine. Thus the evil spirits were precluded from hurting the sons of Noah. And he gave all that he had written to Shem, his eldest son, for he loved him exceedingly above all his sons. And Noah slept with his fathers and was buried on Mount Lubar in the land of Ararat. Nine hundred and fifty years he completed in his life, nineteen jubilees and two weeks and five years. And his wife on earth, he ex and in his life on earth he excelled the children of men, save Enoch, because of the righteousness wherein he was perfect. For Enoch's office was ordained for a testimony to the generations of the world, so that he would recount all the deeds of generation unto generation till the day of judgment. And in the three and thirtieth jubilee, in the first year, in the second week, Peleg took to himself a wife whose name was Loma, the daughter of Senear. And she bare him a son in the fourth year of this week, and he called his name Reu. For he said, Behold, the children of men have become evil through the wicked purpose of building for themselves a city and a tower in the land of Shinar. For they departed from the land of Ararat eastward toward Shinar. For in his days they built the city and the tower, saying, Go to, let us ascend thereby into heaven. And they began to build, and in the fourth week they made brick with fire, and the bricks served them for stone, and the clay with which they cemented them together was asphalt, which comes out of the sea and out of the fountains of water in the land of Shinar. And they built it forty and three years were they building it. Its breadth was two hundred and three bricks, and the height of a brick was the third of one. Its height amounted to five thousand four hundred and thirty-three cubits and two palms. And the extent of one wall was thirteen stades, and of the other thirty states. And the Lord our God said unto us, Behold, they are one people, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be withholden from them. Go to, let us go down and confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. And they may be dispersed into cities and nations, and one purpose will no longer abide with them till the day of judgment. <clears throat> And the Lord descended, and we descended with him to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. 
and we confounded their language, and they no longer understood one another's speech, and they ceased then to build the city and the tower. For this reason the whole land of Shinar is called Babel, because the Lord did there confound all the language of the children of men, and from thence they were dispersed into their cities, each according to his language and his nation. And the Lord sent a mighty wind against the tower and overthrew it upon the earth. And behold, it was between Asher and Babylon in the land of Shinar. And they called its name Overthrow. In the fourth week, in the first year, in the beginning thereof, in the four and thirtieth jubilee, were they dispersed from the land of Shinar. And Ham and his sons went into the land which he was to occupy, which he acquired as his portion in the land of the south. And Canaan saw the land of Lebanon to the river of Egypt, that it was very good. And he went not into the land of his inheritance to the west, that is, to the sea. And he dwelt in the land of Lebanon, eastward and westward from the border of Jordan and from the border of the sea. And Ham his father and Cush and Mitzram his brothers said unto him, Thou hast settled in a land which is not thine, and which did not fall to us by lot, do not do so. For if thou dost do so, thou and thy sons will fall in the land and be accursed through sedition. And by sedition ye have settled, and by sedition will thy children fall, and thou shalt be rooted out forever. Dwell not in the dwelling of Shem, for to Shem and to his sons did it come by their lot. Cursed art thou, and cursed shalt thou be beyond all the sons of Noah by the curse by which we bound ourselves by an oath in the presence of the holy judge and in the presence of Noah our father. But he did not hearken unto them and dwelt in the land of Lebanon from Hamath to the entering of Egypt, he and his sons until this day. And for this reason that land is named Canaan. And Japheth and his sons went towards the sea and dwelt in the land of their portion. And Medii saw the land of the sea, and it did not please him. And he begged a portion from Ham and Asher and Arphaxad, his brother's his wife's brother. And he dwelt in the land of Media, or Media, excuse me, near to his wife's brother until this day. And he called his dwelling place and the dwelling place of his sons Media, after the name of their father father Medii. That's interesting, man. Like I, I'm visualizing you know, whenever we read Genesis chapter 11, you know, come let us go down. We never, mm-hmm. like, really think about it. Like, if there's 70 angels in the divine council, like, you know, the Heiser's doctoral thesis, you know, talked about the divine council, mm-hmm. that they all went down. Like, it was like this right. big, big parade, and what did that look like? The whole council, The yes. whole council came down, and, you know, you got 600,000 men, according to Joshua, working on this project. And, like, I'm envisioning in my head what, visually what that would look like on the motion picture screen, you know, like these cool-looking angels coming down, 70 of them, and going and just, you know, touching people on the head, boop, and, you know, now you're speaking Chinese, you know, <laughs> boop, now you're, you're, yeah, right. you're speaking English or, you know, whatever, they get kind of boop, and, and, you know, what did that visually look like when they all came down and mingled amongst the men and then confounded their languages and dispersed them? That, that's a pretty interesting... Right, right visual you know just kind of working that out uh-huh. of my head yeah how exactly you know because even the power of the the almighty uh how they would just achieve that uh, was it just thought processes or like you said you know a touch on the shoulder a touch on the head or maybe they even you know hit them in their third eye or something <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's kind of like, like what that. I'm like. I'm envisioning just kind of, you know, like they just, you know, this this energy coming mm-hmm. out of their hands, you know, hitting the people in the head or whatever, and mm-hmm. and and they, you know, all of a sudden they start speaking another language, and the, the neighbors like, what, what, what are you talking about? And, you know, they get into a fight because they can't understand each other. Right. Yeah. And the angels are just kind of going through just six hundred thousand being divided up into right. seventy. Yeah, that's a very interesting, and um, you know, in the Targum it says also that it was the uh, the word of the Lord that came down with the angels as well, mm. and that divided and confounded. Well, uh, you know, the tongues and the tribes. You know, I can accept that, and and believing that Yeshua went around and uh, that the extra language that Shem had, you know, uh, apart from his brothers, because you know, they they all had mm-hmm. what Japheth twenty two, Ham was at twenty four, I think, languages, and uh, Shem twenty six, I think, was the numbers, something like that. Does that sound right? Um, and they said the extra, I, the extra. Yeah, I just sent it to you. Yeah. They said the extra number being uh, Hebrew. Right. Uh, let's see, 20, 22 plus 24. Yeah, well, that's 72, 72 nations. So, you could, yeah, 22 languages to Japheth, 24 to yes. Ham, and 26 to Shem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's So, right. uh, yeah, I could see Yeshua going through as the word, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, tapping the people that are going to end up speaking Hebrew among the other languages. Right. Yeah, very interesting consideration. Yeah, a lot going on there. Um, right. And so we do see that this is where Canaan said, nah, you know, I, I like it, because we see them leaving from... So if you imagine where the plains of Shinar are in the so-called fertile, fertile crescent you know, of the Levant... And they're making the way north, probably following the same basic path that Abraham took out of Ur of the Chaldees up to Haran in the north and then descending down uh, through Lebanon into uh, the land that became known as Canaan. And they get into that land and Canaan's like, yeah, I think I'm going to stay here. They're like, dude, like mm-hmm. this is not your land, man. Like, right. You, you can't do it. His brother's saying no. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'll share a passage from the Kevin Nagas, which is um, specific to this as well, as far as, you know, Canaan renting the land. It says, um, Now it was Canaan who rent the kingdom from the children of Shem, and he transgressed the oath which his father Noah had made them to swear. And the sons of Canaan were seven mighty men, and he took seven mighty cities from the land of Shem and set his sons over them. And likewise, he also made his own portion double. And in latter days, God took vengeance upon the sons of Canaan and made the sons of Shem to inherit their country. These are the nations whom they inherited, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, and the Gergesites. These are they whom Canaan seized by force from the seed of Shem. For it was not right for him to invade his kingdom and to falsify the oath. And because of this, they ceased to be, and their memorial perished through transgressing God's command. And 
worshiping idols and bowing down to those who were not gods. And after the death of Shem, Arphaxad reigned, reigned, and after the death of Arphaxad, Canaan reigned, and after the death of Canaan, Salah reigned, and after him, Eber reigned, and after him, Peleg reigned, and after him, Ruah, and after him, Sarah reigned, and after him, Nahor, after him, Terah reigned, and these are they who made magical images, and they went to the tombs yeah. of their fathers and made an image of gold and silver brass, and a devil used to hold converse with them out of each of the images of their fathers and say unto them, O oh, my son, so-and-so offer up unto me as sacrifice the son whom thou lovest. And they slaughtered their sons and their daughters to the devils, and they poured out innocent blood to filthy devils. Which we, I had shared that before, but it yeah. was, you know, specific to this. <clears throat> well, that's good, because we can, uh, I can go over to Joshua 8 and pick up on the story of Abraham being born, Abram, and the sign in the heavens, and it starts the... Yeah, sounds good. The, well, we got time before break. Okay, let me... Um, Switch over here, Joshua chapter 8. And it was in the night that Abram was born that all the servants of Terah and all the wise men of Nimrod and his conjurers came and ate and drank in the house of Terah. And they rejoiced with him on that night. And when all the wise men and conjurers went out from the house of Terah, they lifted up their eyes toward heaven that night to look at the stars. And they saw, and behold, one very large star came from the east and ran in the heavens, and he swallowed up the four stars from the four sides of the heavens. And all the wise men of the king and his conjurers were astonished at the sight, and the sages understood this matter, and they knew its import. And they said to each other, This only betokens the child that has been born to Terah his, this night, who will grow up and be fruitful and multiply and possess all the earth, he and his children forever, and he and his seed will slay great kings and inherit their lands. And the wise men and conjurers went home that night, and in the morning all these wise men and conjurers rose up early and assembled in the appointed house. And they spoke and said to each other, Behold, the sight that we saw last night is hidden from the king. It has not been made known to him. And should this thing get known to the king in the latter days, he will say to us, Why have you concealed this matter from me? And then we shall all suffer death. Therefore, let us go and tell the king the sight which we saw and the interpretation thereof, and we shall then remain clear. And they did so, and they all went to the king and bowed down to him to the ground, and they said, May the king live, may the king live. We heard that a son was born to Terah, the son of Nahor, the prince of thy host. And we... And what does that say? And we... Oh, it's it's all crammed into one word. And we yesternight came to his house, and we ate and drank and rejoiced with him that night. And when thy servants went out from the house of Terah to go to the respective homes to abide there for the night, we lifted up our eyes to heaven, and we saw a great star coming from the east. And the same star ran with great speed and swallowed up four great stars from the four sides of the heavens. And thy servants were astonished at the sight which we saw, and we greatly terrified, and we made our judgment upon the sight, and knew by our wisdom the proper interpretation thereof, that this thing applies to the child that is born to Terah, 
who will grow up and multiply greatly and become powerful and kill all the kings of the earth and inherit all their lands, he and his seed forever. And now, our Lord and King, behold, we have truly acquainted thee with what we have seen concerning this child. If it seemeth good to the king to say, to give his father value for this child, we will slay him before he shall grow up and increase in the land, and his evil increase against us, and we and our children perish through this evil, through his evil. And the king heard their words, and they seemed good in his sight, and he sent and called for Terah, and Terah came before the king. And the king said to Terah, I have been told that a son was yesterday born to thee, and after this manner was observed in the heavens at his birth. And now, therefore, give me the child, that we may slay him before his evil springs up against us. And I will give thee, for his value, thy house full of silver and gold. And Terah answered the king and said to him, My lord and king, I have heard thy words, and thy servant shall do all that his king desireth. But, my lord and king, I will tell thee what happened to me yesternight, that I may see what advice the king will give his servant, and then I will answer the king upon what he has just spoken. And the king said, Speak. And Terah said to the king, Aon, son of Mored, came to me yesternight, saying, Give unto me the great and beautiful horse that the king gave thee, and I will give thee silver and gold and straw and provender for its value. And I said to him, Wait till I see the king concerning thy words, and behold, whatever the king saith, that will I do. And now, my lord and king, behold, I have made this thing known to thee, and the advice which my king will give unto his servant, that will I follow. And the king heard the words of Terah, and his anger was kindled, and he considered him in the light of a fool. And the king answered Terah, and he said to him, Art thou so silly, ignorant, and deficient in understanding to do this thing, to give thy beautiful horse for silver and gold, or even for straw and provender? Art thou so short of silver and gold that thou shouldest do this thing, because thou canst not obtain straw and provender to feed thy horse? And what is silver and gold to thee, or straw and provender, that thou shouldst give away that fine horse which I gave thee, like which there is none to be had on the whole earth? And the king left off speaking, and Terah answered the king, saying, Like unto this has the king spoken to his servant. I beseech thee, my lord and king, what is this which thou didst say unto me, saying, Give thy son, that we may slay him, and I will give thee silver and gold for his value. That I shall, What shall I do with silver and gold after the death of my son? Who shall inherit me? Surely then at my death the silver and gold will return to my king who gave it. And when the king heard the words of Terah and the parable which he brought concerning the king, he, it grieved him greatly, and he was vexed at this thing, and his anger burned within him. And Terah saw the anger of the king was kindled against him, and he answered the king, saying, All that I have is in the king's power. Whatever the king desireth to do to his servant, that let him do. Yea, even my son, he is in the king's power, without value in exchange, he and his two brothers that are older than he. And the king said to Terah, No, but I will purchase thy younger son for a price. And Terah answered the king, saying, I beseech thee, my lord and king, to let thy servant speak a word before thee, and let the king hear the word of his servant. And Terah said, Let my king give me three days till time till I consider this matter within myself, and consult with my family concerning the words of my king. And he pressed the king greatly to agree to this. 
And the king hearkened to Terah, and he did so. And he gave him three days' time. And Terah went out from the king's presence, and he came home to his family and spoke to them all the words of the king. And the people were greatly afraid. And it was in the third day that the king sent to Terah, saying, Send me thy son for a price as I spoke to thee. And shouldest thou not do this, I will send and slay all thou hast in thy house, so that thou shalt not even have a dog remaining. And Terah hastened, and as the king was urgent, as the thing was urgent from the king. And he took a child from one of his servants, which his handmaid had borne to him that day. And Terah brought the child to the king and received value for him. And the Lord was with Terah in this matter. And Nimrod, that Nimrod might not cause Abram's death. And the king took the child from Terah and with all his might dashed his head to the ground. For he thought it had been Abram. And this was concealed from him from that day. And it was forgotten by the king, as it was the will of providence not to suffer Abram's death. And Terah took Abram his son secretly, together with his mother and nurse, and he concealed them in a cave, and he brought them their provisions monthly. And the Lord was with Abram in the cave, and he grew up, and Abram was in the cave ten years, and the king and his princes, soothsayers and sages, thought that the king had killed Abram. That's the end of that chapter. Yeah, that's a a fascinating story, and it's, you know, again, one of those that is not included in the King James, but, you know, it it foreshadows, in my opinion, even the the coming of Messiah in the, the same manner that um, the star preceded his birth, and then also uh, the, you know, the all the prophecies that were associated and how his kingdom, uh, even even though it would be with his return, uh, but that Abram would overthrow Nimrod's kingdom and that the worship of the idols, and even you know the the world's belief that he himself was a was a god, and so the the pagan ideology and even their uh, practice of ritual sacrifice, the blood sacrifice and the offering of their own children to devils. Um, as we saw in that previous passage. So, you know, a lot um, of very important distinctions between what is the worship of the true God and what was the pagan mythologies that worship this pantheon of gods and goddesses and that um, incorporated into their reverence the blood sacrifice and the offering uh, of victims and children in, in ritual Mm -hmm. All right, we'll be right back, everyone. Extendivite, a seven herb combination made from garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Extendivite feeds our body with the right nutrients to keep us healthy. Just listen to what Arthur has to say. I was just calling to tell you what a great product you have. I had used this about, oh, 10 years ago after I had congestive heart failure. And it fixed me up and got me going for the last 10 years. 
Lately, I've been having heart trouble again. So I placed another order because this was the only thing that ever worked. And I just wanted to let you know that you have a great product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Poor water quality is a major health issue, and it's only getting worse. Municipalities can't keep up. Standards have dropped, and pollutants are increasing. Where does it all end? It ends by keeping the pollutants outside of your home with HydroCare's advanced systems available at Wave Home Solutions. No less than the best purification materials and processes have been developed by HydroCare to provide you with healthy, clean water for drinking, cooking, and showering. HydroCare far surpasses the competition in removing chlorine, odors, iron, lead, chemicals, lime scale, and much more. Don't settle for less when it comes to your water. We'll take care of the toughest water problems for you, which from a city or well source. Satisfaction guaranteed. For more information, call 888-997-WAVE. That's 888-997-WAVE. Or go to bestwater123.com. That's bestwater123.com. Home Solutions for a healthy, comfortable home. Dowsing is the ancient science of finding water and metal underground. Albert Einstein said that dowsing was tapping into earth energies which modern science as yet does not understand. Diamonds, silver, gold and platinum objects have all been found using dowsing. And now for the first time on film, we visit the pyramids, Stonehenge, and ancient sites. Dowsing for buried treasure and tapping into this mysterious earth energy. The Enigma Channel. Intelligent television for planet Earth. EnigmaTV.com. You are now tuned into the Truth Frequency. Your protection everybody for final segment and as always the show is <laughs> flying by yeah um wanted to give you opportunity to comment or to bring up anything um that you wanted to share you know on what you had read and then i can um share something about the 
the story of Abraham and how he was put into the uh, the fire and its connection to the Tower of Babel and also to brick making, which is a story I don't think a lot of people are familiar. Yeah. Uh, well, going back to what we had talked about in one of the previous chapters, we kind of didn't really comment on it, was uh, the issue of uh, Mastima and mm-hmm. how Mastima is directly uh, related to Satan as we see a few yes. verses down later and you know and so, right. and then Satan had one tenth of the so Mastima is i mean there's so many different names i mean Satan is just it's a it's a description it, it's the accuser mm-hmm. title kind of yeah it's a title it, you know just Hasatan is the, the accuser so there could be many Hasatans but Mastima is he just one of many Hasatans or is he the Hasatan Satan Mastima. Yeah, I, I think personally that he is the, um, because he's over, you know, all the others. And according to the story, uh, Lucifer and Rebellion, um, and then t- after, you know, he tempted a third of the angels of the Most High to join him in insurgency and then being cast out, then the title, I believe, of Satan the Adversary of man and God was uh, given to him. But we also see that other names like Beliar, um, you know, with means worthless uh, and other, Bel- you know, other names. Yeah. Bale. Yeah. All that, um, I believe is, uh, alluding to the same individual. And we see that, um, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 seem to be also related to, this particular deity, this entity. Yeah, fourteen. Uh, you know, I'm in recent years. I've begun to look at Isaiah fourteen differently. Uh, you know, Lucifer. That wasn't actually in the text. That was a, a marginal right. note mm-hmm. that uh, Jerome wrote in the, I think, in the uh, Vulgate uh, as a marginal mm-hmm. note. Uh, just means like it's like Hillel, I think, or Hillel, something like that is the Hebrew word. Just yeah, Hillel, shining, yeah. shining one. And right. so he wrote Lucifer in the margin, and then later that got inserted into the text. And so now everybody goes around thinking that Satan or Mastima or whatever this entity's actual name is Lucifer, but that's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's been adopted, but it was right. not in any, you know, Holy Spirit written, Holy Spirit inspired text. That was a marginal note. Um, and actually, when I go back and read Isaiah 14 now, I mean, it seems to me to be more of a description of. Nimrod than than Satan uh, as, as I look at it you know because it's talking about King of Babylon and you know he, he exalted himself and how you are fallen to the sides of the pit and you know, all this stuff now I'm, I'm looking more at Isaiah 14 as a as a description of Nimrod but I know people will debate that but here we see Mastima is the first time I don't I'm not aware of that name in any other Hebrew text are you does that name show up in any other writings Mastima uh, yeah it does in the um, the ascension of Isaiah hmm. it is also mentioned in there uh, but with regard to Isaiah chapter 14 the reason I think it's connected to um, Satan is because of the mention of him as a an abominable branch and the also that it talks about him as being the you know that him being the abominable branch that 
the seed of the evildoers are connected to his children. And so I believe that what it's alluding to here uh, goes back to Genesis 3 and also to Matthew 13, uh, the enemy sowing the tares. And that it also <clears throat> says to, um, you know, that God would wage war against them to prepare slaughter. Let me bring actually bring that up. Um, yeah, I got to put on on the screen for people too. Isaiah 14. Yeah, the seed of evildoers. Uh, but the you know the abominable branch is like his half of the family tree, which we know that humanity is regarded as a um, as a tree, a family tree, and that his branch is the the tares, uh, the children of the of perdition, the children of um, the evil one, the progeny of the devil. And I think that where it says here, prepare slaughter for his children for the iniquity of their fathers that they do not rise nor possess the land nor fill the face of the world that this is connected to again to uh, Genesis chapter 3 oh and it's in verse 19 but thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch and as a raiment of those that are slain thrust through with a sword that go down to the stones of a pit as a carcass trodden under feet and the the whole thing of ascending to um, the, you know, wanting to ascend above the heights and the clouds of God and to establish his throne um, in the sides of the north above the mount of the congregation, I see that as it's connected to chapter 29 in the book of Enoch where it says one out of the order of the angels wanting to, um, uh, you know, ascend above the clouds and to establish his throne that Christ speaks about the word of the Lord, talks about having cast him out. And I think that's connected to the Luke chapter 10, verse 18, where it says that, you know, I saw Satan like lightning fall from the heavens. Um, and this is all that occurred on the second day, which was previous to the creation of humanity. Actually, I'll be doing um, one of my presentations on, on this um, this whole theme as well. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, you're you're taking the traditional uh, view, which you know, most people have of Isaiah 14 being Satan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I, you know, again, and I hear all that. I used to teach it and preach it myself, but I'm I'm just considering another potential uh, point of view on this, and it may be mm -hmm. that if if Nimrod in fact is the Antichrist, then you know he is playing the antithesis of Jesus Christ. So where Jesus Christ, Yeshua, imitates his father. You know, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what my father says, right? And if mm -hmm. Nimrod is the antithesis of that, then he, then if you think of Satan trying to ascend above the divine council, let's say, above Mount Meru, above the, you know, that court, and mm -hmm. to take over heaven, and, and God gives him a smackdown. Um, so that would be the traditional... What you just said, uh, that's pretty much right. the traditional view of Isaiah 14. And I actually used to point to Isaiah 14 w and the, the the his children prepare slaughter, verse 21, for his children, mm -hmm. and use that as the justification for the uh, only biblical second incursion that I see you know, in the scriptures and why Satan goes to prison for a thousand years. Uh, I mean, I used to teach that myself, that, you know, wh why does Satan... 
get locked up for a thousand years in Tartarus? Well, because that's the prescribed judgment for, and this is before serpent seed. Yeah, I, I was mm-hmm. saying that. See here, if we if we assume Lucifer is real, you know, as as the name uh, of Satan, then it's talking about his children here. Therefore, he is the only second incursion, and that's why he gets judged, you know, the same way the angels did. And I still hold maybe to that to some degree. It's shifted with a Genesis three mindset now. Going well, <laughs> maybe, uh, <laughs> right? You know, maybe has some, but but you know, I'm just gonna put this out for people to consider because uh, this is what I'm considering. If I back up to verse four, and we'll go right through all that. I'll just go through from starting in verse four right through to what I just said. Uh, and thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon, and say how. Hath the oppressor ceased? The golden city ceased. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think think of what we're studying here in Genesis 11 and Joshua and Jubilees. Right, right. And Yahuwah hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in his in anger, is persecuted and none hindereth. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no filler is come up against us. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up their thrones, all the kings of the nations. And they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become as we? Art thou become like unto us? Now that's one that you would say the angel, you know, if, if angel is Satan, the anointed cherub, are you now like us, like people? You know that uh-huh. that, that would be one of those yeah, scriptures. Placed under the authority of death. Yeah, where the people who are in hell would be like saying to Satan himself, you know, Mastima, whoever you want to call him, Hillel, uh, are you now like us? So, I mean, this is one of those go-to scriptures, right? Um, but I'm still thinking that this you know, king of Babylon, Nimrod, you know, uh, he was the mighty everything, you know, uh, at that time. Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy veals, the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O shining one? I'm just going to replace uh, uh, Jerome's marginal note there. How art thou fallen from heaven, O shining one, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven, and will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. That's exactly what Nimrod said he was going to do uh, with the Tower of Babels. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. We read that in um, Joshua last week about the three camps and the the arrows of blood mm-hmm. and all that. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou will, bring de- will be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see these shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man, man, that made the earth to tremble and did shakes the kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, even all them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave, 
Gilgamesh was cast out of his grave in April of 2003, <laughs> like an abominable uh-huh. branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evil doers shall never be renowned. Prepare slaughter for his children, for the iniquity of their fathers, that they do not rise, nor possess the land, nor fill the face of the earth with cities. For I will rise up against them, saith the Lord of hosts, and cut off from Babylon the name and remnant and son and nephew, saith the Lord. I don't need to go any further here. Oh, I will go further there. Um, I will also make it a possession for the bittern, for the bittern, and pools of water, and I will sweep it with the besom of destruction, saith the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. As I have purposed, so shall it stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land, and upon my mountains tread him underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from off them, and his burden depart from their shoulders." I don't think I need to go any further than that. So anyway, I mean, if you, it depends on what glasses you're looking at this through. Uh, as I'm looking at what we're reading, uh, everything about Nimrod and what he attempted to do with the Tower of Babel and what has happened in the recent years concerning this character that became known by many names. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I can see Isaiah, and it could be... Not, I can see, it, it you could, know, both. Yeah, that's uh, what, really maybe it's not an either you know, or, Nimrod. maybe it's a both and. Yeah, because, um, you know, Nimrod... Just like how it says that Satan also uh, worked through Pharaoh uh-huh. and, during the Exodus. And uh, so I could see certainly, you know, Nimrod was a, a world ruler and that he had to have been indwelt by, you know, the spirit of Satan, you know, without question. Um, but with regard to the, uh, as far as this being the, you know, the person uh, wanting to, exalt himself to be like the most high and then being cast down into the sides of the pit i think that uh satan rules in the interior of the earth and that his domain is found within that but you know again certainly i could see uh cases for both well if you Um, if you liken nimrod to osiris and many scholars mm -hmm. have look at what in the egyptian mythology look what osiris is doing in the underworld Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I, again, maybe it's a, it's not an either or, but a both and. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'll just share. I want to share just a couple passages that are linked to this as well. And I had mentioned um, chapter 29 from the Secrets of Enoch. It says, and one from out of the order of angels, having turned away with the order that was under him conceived an impossible thought to place his throne higher than the clouds above the earth that he might become equal in rank to my power. Mm-hmm. And I threw him out from the height with his angels and he was flying in the air continuously above the bottomless. And then I created all the heavens and the third day was. Um, and so, the, you know, this was on the second day that this happened uh, as far as when this angel was cast out and not, not saying this isn't also connected to Nimrod, because mm. I think it certainly uh, is. Uh, but I'll just share one other passage, and this 
Uh, before you do, this, I, I want to address okay. something you just said because and I think we've talked about this in previous shows, but if that's true, if what you just said is true, then the firmament is the prison bars. Right, exactly. It is. Two. And um, there's actually other passages which speak about that. And hmm. like I said, I'm going to do one of my presentations at the End Time Mysteries Reveal Conference on that as well. But hmm. uh, to share one other thing that speaks about how you know, the, uh, Satan also was cast down and placed under the authority of death. And I think that Psalms 82 speaks about that, um, hmm. you know, the counsel of the mighty. And yeah. But anyways, this is from the first book of Adam and Eve. It says, But now, O Adam, we will make known to thee what came upon us through him before his fall from heaven. He gathered together his hosts and deceived them, promising them to give them a great kingdom a divine nature and other promises he made them. His host believed that his word was true, so they yielded to him and renounced the glory of God. He then sent for us according to the orders in which we were to come under his command and to hearken to his vain promise. But we would not, and we took not his advice. Then after he had fought with God and had dealt forwardly with him, he gathered together his hosts and made war with us. And if it had not been for God's strength that was with us, we could not have prevailed against him to hurl him from heaven. But when he fell from amongst us, there was great joy in heaven because of his going down from us. For had he continued in heaven, nothing, not even one angel, would have remained in it. But God in his mercy drove him from amongst us to this dark earth for he had become darkness itself and a worker of unrighteousness and he has continued o adam to make war against thee until he beguiled thee and made thee come out of the garden to this strange land where all these trials have come to thee and death which god brought upon him he has also brought to thee o adam because thou didst obey him and didst transgress against God. And so we see that, you know, he mm -hmm. was also placed under the authority of death. But there's uh, one other aspect uh, to this as well. Says, what were you reading? But when, this is the first book of Adam and Eve. Cool. And this is uh, one of the angels telling Adam the story mm. of the war in heaven and the fall of Satan before his creation and why he is waging war against he and his progeny cool. but when Adam came out and saw his hideous figure he was afraid of him and said unto him who art thou then Satan answered and said unto him it is I who hid myself within the serpent and who talked to Eve and beguiled her until she hearkened to my command I am he who sent her through the wiles of my speech to deceive thee until thou and she ate of the fruit of the tree and ye came away from under the command of God but when Adam heard these words from him he said unto him canst thou make me a garden as God made for me or canst thou clothe me in the same bright nature in which God had clothed me where is thy divine nature thou didst promise to give me where is that fair speech of thine thou didst hold with us at first when we were in the garden and then satan said unto adam thinkest thou that when i have spoken to one about anything i shall ever bring it to him or fulfill my word 
Not so, for I myself have never even thought of obtaining what I asked. Therefore did I fall, and did I make you fall by that which I myself fell, and with you also. Whosoever accepts my counsel falls thereby. Hmm. But now, O Adam, by reason of thy fall, thou art under my rule, and I am king over thee, because thou hast hearkened to me, and hast transgressed against thy God. Neither will there be any deliverance from my hands until the day promised thee by thy God. Again he said, Inasmuch as we do not know the day agreed upon with thee by thy God, nor the hour in which thou shalt be delivered, for that reason we will multiply war and murder upon thee and thy seed after thee. This is our will and our good pleasure, that we may not leave one of the sons of men to inherit our orders in heaven. Mm. Wow. Man, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, you know, fully tells you that he is waging war against the children of Adam and that, you know, the whole thing, again, going back to the enmity between the seed lines, um, Genesis 3.15, it's all connected to even this. And even the war in heaven, I believe, is um, connected to the enmity that is ongoing Mm -hmm. between these two bloodlines here. Yeah, and... You know the whole Mastima story about the you know keeping one tenth of the demons, and we learned in Enoch that demons are disembodied spirits of formerly living angel-human hybrid Nephilim. So, mm-hmm. however many of those, I don't know that the same thing happens with because I extend the definition of Nephilim to be essentially that which is corrupted from the original image and kind that God created it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hybrid in general. So I would I would lump in animal-human hybrids just as much Nephilim as angel-human hybrids. But I don't right. I don't see any indication. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't, I don't if if. If you kill an animal-human hybrid, do you end up with a demon also? I don't know. I just know that Enoch tells you when an angel mates with a woman and and creates an offspring and you kill that offspring, then its spirit becomes a wandering, unclean spirit called a demon. So mm-hmm. however many of those were killed before the flood, they're all still out and about after the flood. And right, they're right. causing lots of problems. For It's almost like they never left. And you know, no one in his family is like, yo, you know, can you help us out here? And so he gets rid of ninety yes, exactly. percent of them, but it, the thought occurred to me that the other ten that remained saw what happened to their brothers, and that's why mm-hmm. when Yeshua showed up, they were terrified. They're like, "Have you come to throw right. us into the pit before the time?" Like, yes, like they know that you know they've been given a short amount of time, you know, relatively speaking, right. uh, to be here. But you know, when they saw the word walking by, they're like, right. "Ah." You know, well, wait. You know, <laughs> like, and they know that they have a time, and they know that yes. when he showed up, it was before right. that time. I've always been intrigued by that. Like, have you come to torment us before the time? Like, knowing right. that. And, and this is interesting too, because I'm having lots of recent debates with people online, uh, Facebook, especially about uh, preterism, the historic amillennialist view that mm-hmm. all prophecy was, you know, wrapped up in 70 A.D. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. It's certainly not in the spirit realm. No. Because the, the spirit realm, the demons knew that there was going to come a time when they were going to be, you know, locked up. And they're like, did right. you come to torment us before the time? In other words, oh, you know, what we got 40 more years left. Mm, no, I, I think they knew they had quite a bit more time left. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And it's um very intriguing that, you know, whereas the all of the prophecies that were laid out and then even the Hebrew people, the Israelites, uh, the Jewish people, the Pharisees denying Christ as Savior Messiah, that the devils and the demons certainly recognized him as the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be a big sign right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right when they're like, "Whoa," you know, they knew who he was. Right. And if you can't get a clue from that, I mean, he's <laughs> doing all these miracles, casting them out, and you know they're accusing him of doing this by the power of the devil, and he's casting out these devils. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. So we just got as far as basically the birth of Abram. So there's more we can cover uh, uh, from both Joshua and Jubilees next week. Um, uh, yeah, I'm leaving for your play, your your conference on the 10th. So we should still, are you still available to do it or you got too much you got to do prepare yeah. for the conference? Yeah, no, I think that should be good. Okay. So we'll pick this up on my show then on the 9th next week. And uh, maybe we could just keep going in Joshua and Jubilees because when we, time we get to Genesis 12, you know, he's already grown up and, you know, it's, He's he's mm-hmm. going into the land of Shechem at that point. So sounds good. All right, bro. All right, be blessed, everyone. Blesses everyone. Thanks. Good night, all. Good night. Good night.